Hello and welcome to Reddit Readings in episode 77. In this episode we are covering the posts on r slash malicious compliance. Hope everyone is enjoying the new format of two episodes per week. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. User Take It Easy will begin today's episode with the following story. Take off my earphones while you're speaking to me? Sure. No problem, officer. Happened this morning. Even though I made a complete and full stop at a four-way stop, I get pulled over by a police vehicle, lights flashing, the works. I turn my dash cam around to face me and whomever goes in front of the driver's side window. I roll it down and ask, what seems to be the problem, officer? Officer looks at me the way one would look at a sticky piece of gum stuck to the bottom of one's shoe. You didn't make a complete stop. He says, I adjust one of my hearing aids, lost part of my hearing due to being a touring session musician previously, and before I could speak, he firmly orders, Sir, take off your earphones when I'm talking to you. I take both hearing aids off and look at him. I can read lips a little but we're both masked so I can't understand what he's saying. I communicate in sign language simultaneously while speaking verbally, I'm deaf and I didn't understand what you just said. Can you communicate to me in ASL, American Sign Language, please? He points at my hearing aids that look like Apple AirPods, motioning me to put them on. I respond, yes officer, without those I can only communicate in ASL. Please instruct me in ASL and I will be compliant in every possible way. He looks at the dashcam that's neatly pointed squarely at us and mumbles, for fuck's sake. He then motions for me to to go, giving me two thumbs up. Needless to say, I rolled up the window and drove away as fast as legally allowed. Couldn't wipe the smile off my face all day, lol. User secret underscore asylum has our next story. You told me to make money, so I did. Why the surprised Pikachu face now that you can't use money to control me? My mom found a bottle of vodka in my room and both my parents lost their shit. I decided for once I was going to stand my ground, they were abusive and used to hit me and gaslight me all the time. Only stopped getting hit when I finished high school and I'm still convinced it was because I scared them when I started getting more pissed than scared and telling my dad to hit me since that's all he knew how to do when I could see it coming. Even offered him the other cheek after he did once lol. The gaslighting and occasional verbal abuse still continues though. I was an adult and it wasn't like I was abusing it. I only ever drank once or twice a month and never enough to not be able to act sober if needed. A bottle lasted me a while. 
so I said yes it's mine, I'm an adult and I choose to drink occasionally. They started accusing me of being a drunk, saying all the times I've been happy or laughed the last few months was only because I was drunk. They then moved on to accusing me of probably smoking crack and other hardcore drugs. They had previously found some weed before, but that's a whole shit show of its own. Said I choose to be a bad girl and do this shit when there are girls that don't. I bet the girls they're thinking about drink more in a month than I have in my whole life since I was so terrified of getting caught by my parents when I used to get hit for stupid shit. Finally, they said they were going to cut me off and pull me out of school. Lol it's university. Since they were paying for it while actively discouraging me from working so I could focus on my studies. I have had part-time jobs before and they always encouraged me to quit. My dad had his name in my bank account and had previously emptied it of the, what I consider, significant amount of money that consisted of insurance money I received from being injured in a car accident as a child when I turned 18 and the money I earned working summers at our family business, related to weed incident. They probably planned to do the same again. They said that they weren't going to pay for my university and that if I was going to drink and do bad shit then they weren't going to help me with school and that I had to drop out make my own money, and get out. They wanted nothing to do with a daughter like me. My dad also made it a point to say that it didn't matter what happened to me and said he doesn't care if I die of a drug overdose or COVID. It was the last thing he said to me before giving me the silent treatment for months. They weren't going to kick me out. It was all mind games. They expected me to crumble, resorting to begging at their feet to stay while swearing I would never even look in the direction of liquor again because they knew I was financially dependent on them. I knew this because public appearance and reputation meant everything to them. They would have to explain to our relatives and their friends what happened to their daughter who no longer lived with them, moving out isn't as common in our culture. Plus, when I resorted to holing up in my room after the verbal abuse and not leaving for days unless everyone had gone to bed so I could eat, my mom had come demanding to know if I was going to listen to them and not do bad things ever again, LMAO. They wanted me to beg for forgiveness and admit that what I did was wrong and that I would never do it again. But I didn't beg. I gave her the bare minimum response to get her off my back while replaying the shit they said to me in my head to keep my anger burning which motivated me. What they didn't know was that I wasn't just holed up in my room avoiding them until things died down. I was doing what they told me to. Making money. Not just money, but the money they had no access to. Over the last few years, I had been writing a book online and posting chapters for people to read for free as a hobby. I was the quiet kid who was a bookworm growing up and still am. My mom didn't like how I used to just sit quietly and read instead of interacting with the family that bullied me for being a fat child. She was always telling me to stop reading. My love of reading and not being able to stop daydreaming and creating stories in my head had me turn writing into a hobby. I started writing a book in my free time without expecting it to go anywhere, posting it for free on Wattpad. I was content with the little boost I got from reader comments and votes I got each time I updated a chapter, even if it was once every few weeks or months. Even the fans harassing me for updates made me feel good because it told me they enjoyed my writing. Those days that I was, hiding in my room, were actually spent writing the next few chapters of my book. What I would have lazily spent months writing here and there, I wrote in those days. 
I created a Patreon page and posted the new chapters on it before posting an update where I regularly uploaded new free chapters informing my readers that they could pay to read chapters early on my Patreon and that I was going to start uploading multiple times a week there regularly while still providing one free update every week. The next time my mom got on my ass about staying in my room and if I had, made my decision on what I was going to do. I played along and agreed. Lying through my teeth that I would never drink again and I knew I was wrong. I knew I wouldn't make enough to move out and stick it to my parents, but I used the emotions they brought out in me to encourage me to start creating financial stability for myself. It affected me more than I had realized when they had taken all my money without informing me the last time I upset them. I made $600 in the last 10 days of the month. Then I made over 3k the next month. Then 5. The amount I made each month kept increasing. Last month I was a few dollars shy of making 11k. This month, I think I might make more. I wanted to keep my income a secret but was happy when I told my mom that I started making money from writing when asked what my plans were for after my undergraduate degree. Because now the roles are reversed. I was right, they didn't intend to kick me out. It was clear after the last argument I had with them that resulted in me making it known that I didn't have to live here and put up with their shit. My mom knew I was making money from writing, but not how much, only knowing that I said I would continue to if I started making enough. I had never seen my mom backtrack so fast, but not before attempting a bit of gaslighting of course. It hadn't clicked for her how much money I was making while, in her eyes, just sitting at home on my phone. It only clicked when I dropped the news that I'd made 60k since I started earlier this year. Now, she's afraid to say anything to me that will upset me. She smelled weed once but instead of outright calling me on it and searching my room inside out, she asked me hesitantly if I knew anything and even ended the conversation with oh, it must have been from outside when I denied it. I'm going to stick around without rocking the boat until I finish my degree, have a few classes left, or have enough money saved that I'm comfortable losing my parents as a source to turn to for help. My source of income isn't a secure thing, so I'm still cautioned about letting it go to my head. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. User Oldman712 tells us the next story with the following post. Sorry, I deleted all the files you told me to delete. My job was to design and write software prototypes for individual high-value customers. If they liked it well enough, then a real software engineering team would build the real product. Occasionally, I would run the prototype for a few months while the customer evaluated if they wanted to buy the real project. Now these prototypes are not a lot of code, but they do run with a lot of data. Even compressed, it can be a terabyte or more. Having done this work for years, I've accumulated a small disk farm of past projects, which can be very useful when a customer asks for something just like we did last year, but with a small change or two. The company resisted buying hard drives for this, 
but it saves me so much time. I ended up buying one or two a year myself until I accumulated about 10 of them. Figure over $1,000 worth of external drives. Then unexpectedly management changes. New management thinks they can replace old software guy with a cheaper new software grad and I am laid off, with two weeks to train, my replacement. Yes, it's blatant age discrimination, but impossible to fight, so I just went for a graceful transition to my next job. Except, I have $1,000 of personal disk drives with old customer data on them. Company insists that no ex-employees may take any company data off-premises and all files must be deleted. I don't want to just leave the drives at the company, but they insist I must delete all data before taking them home. So I offer. 1. They can buy them from me too. I will eventually use them for something else, but I can leave the data on them in case someone needs it not good enough. New manager insists I must delete all data and all backups before I remove the drives. Okay, that's what I do. Six months later, I get a series of desperate phone calls. New software grad has been unable to build any new prototypes. Old customers are calling to get old prototypes updated, and new software grad has no idea how to do that. Executive VP is calling to ask what would it take to bring me back to do my old job. Sorry, I've got a new job now. And even if I didn't, I cannot just modify the old prototype because you insisted I delete all old copies of it. If I did want to modify it, I'd first have to recreate it from scratch. The code still exists in their source control, but the data is the heart of the prototypes. And that old series of six months apart data we collected is gone for good, no matter what. Sorry, you screwed yourselves exactly like I told you would happen. Hope whatever you saved by hiring a new grad to replace an actual experienced programmer was worth it. User Punk M0N tells us the next story with the following post. When someone asks you to write your name so they can report you to corporate, do this I used to work for a car rental company, I won't say which, but the name accurately describes the employee's daily experience working for them. During my time, the company continuously changed policies regarding debit cards for rentals because of the large amount of fraudulent transactions associated with them. This caused much drama with customers, in particular with return customers who hadn't been in since the policy change. Around the end of each school year, many people rent minivans or SUVs to pick up their kid and a bunch of their stuff from college. I had one such customer who did not qualify for the rental vehicle she reserved. For my training, I was not allowed to rent anything larger than a sedan because she did not have a credit card. When I informed her that I could only give her a Hyundai Elantra, she became enraged. She stated that the previous year she was able to rent a minivan under a debit card, and I informed her that policy had changed since then. She refused to acknowledge that I was doing my job properly. I repeated company policy multiple times and did my best to inform her that I was doing the best I could with the current situation. She refused any attempt I made to placate her. My manager eventually stepped in, and he broke down and did the rental for a SUV, against company policy. The entitled woman smirked at me and pushed a stack of post-it notes that was on the counter in front of me. She said, you should not be in customer service and I'm going to report you to corporate. 
I want you to write your name on this paper. Without missing a beat, I took the pad and wrote the words, your name, on the top sheet, ripped it off, and handed it to her. Apparently she didn't notice until she was in the parking lot with my manager and her husband to inspect the vehicle. When my manager came back in the office, he said, her husband, who stood silently behind his raging wife throughout the whole interaction, wants me to write you up because you didn't give them your real name. Then he started laughing and said, but I'm not going to do shit because you followed the company policy and you did exactly what that bitch asked you to do. She gave us a horrible survey and it tanked our bonus for that quarter but it was totally worth it to put that rude woman in her place. User IMJJISME tells us the final story for today, with the following post. Don't want to sit inside even though a storm is coming? Okay this happened to me a few years ago and I just remembered it recently. I was working at a restaurant waiting tables in a very affluent area on the Jersey Shore. We had our fair share of entitled people who were under the impression that if you throw enough money around you can do whatever you want and treat people however you want. And when your income depends on their tips, you kind of just have to deal with it. The restaurant had an outdoor dining and bar area that overlooked the ocean with an amazing view. During the summer this was pretty much where everyone wanted to sit rather than our indoor dining area. And for anyone who works someplace with outdoor dining, you know the one monkey wrench that can ruin a very profitable dinner shift, the weather. No matter how accurate the forecast says it's going to be, you can never know for sure. For the most part we never had an issue, because if it started to abruptly rain there would usually be more than enough room inside for all the people who were sitting outside to move it. It's usually a clusterfuck to keep track of which table moved where, but we always handled it without any issue. Until that one day. We had a large party booked one day in our indoor area that took up more than half our tables. A 50th birthday I believe, so our indoor capacity was limited. And even on top of the party, there were customers who were weary about the weather so they decided to sit inside also. And then more and more people started sitting outside. My manager did a quick assessment and realized that if it started raining, we would barely have enough room inside to accommodate everyone who was sitting outside. He told us we had to stop seating our outdoor area and to start recommending to our outdoor tables to move inside because of the impending weather to be on the safe side. Everyone's weather app was saying there was a downpour coming up the coast. Everyone was okay with it, except. I had a table of nine people who seemed fairly middle-aged and very wealthy. Margaritas with top-top-shelf tequila, gaudy-looking jewelry etc etc. Each end of the table seemed to be in their own conversation not paying attention to the other. Upon hearing about the incoming rain, I go to the woman whom I thought was in charge, she had the fakest tan of them all, and I tell her, let's call her Karen, ma'am I'm really sorry. But because of the weather coming in and our limited seating inside, I'm going to have to move you folks inside so you don't get caught in the rain. This Karen is so entrenched in her conversation she doesn't even register that I, a lowly waiter, was talking to her. So I try again, ma'am I'm sorry for interrupting, but. She cuts me off exasperated, what? What are you saying? I begin again, ma'am I'm sorry because of the weather coming and our inside filling up we need to move you inside. We have a table ready for you, 
I can move all your drinks and everything for you. She snaps back with, the only reason we came here was to sit outside. We'll deal with the weather. I realize she doesn't grasp what I'm saying so I try again. Ma'am just in case the, and then she goes from zero to a hundred and yells, we'll fucking deal with it. She yelled so loudly that the people on the other half of her table heard. They didn't hear our prior exchange but only heard her outburst and went back to their conversation, assuming this must be normal behavior for her. She wants to deal with it on her own? You got it. So I began to take their order. Filet mignons. A few lobster tails. Expensive shit. I put the order in and I look back and all the other tables had moved inside, because they all were rational human beings, and my table of nine entitled jerks were the only ones out there. I heard the leathery-looking Karen say to the rest of the table, Wow we have the entire patio to ourselves, what luxury. After a while I looked inside and saw that the table I had held for them was taken by another party that had just walked in, the last available table. And just as the last butt hit the seat, I felt the best feeling I possibly could have felt at that moment. A glorious raindrop tapped on the top of my head. Oh sweet glory. Within seconds it went from beautiful blue skies to torrential downpour. Everyone at the table grabbed their drinks, a little watered down at this point, and ran inside. After they shook themselves dry, they looked around and realized there was nowhere for them to sit. Most of them looked dumbfounded, like a lost child in a supermarket. Karen makes a beeline to me and screams, we need a table. I reply, I'm sorry ma'am. We're fully seated and on a wait for our indoor seating. Maybe one table on the waiting list, but a list is a list. Well what are we supposed to do now? She hawked back at me which led to me so eloquently saying, ma'am as you said you would, you, fucking deal with it. I air quoted the, fucking dealing it, to really emphasize that that was her response and as I said that everyone else at the table realized that was our interaction earlier and Karen had dug their graves. I felt bad for most of them because if they had all known the circumstances they probably would have convinced Karen to move in. But after she raised her voice and cursed at me, all bets were off. And as serendipity would have it, at that moment their food came out and we handed it to them. There they were. Nine people in damp clothes holding a Cosmo in one hand and filet mignon in another with nowhere to sit to eat. The rest of her party convinced her just to get some boxes for their food and pay their check and leave. As I hand Karen the check, she smugly says, well this will be reflected in your tip, to which I replied, ma'am we implement a 20% tip on parties of 8 or more. It's our policy, and it's clearly stated in our menu, she paid and then they left with their boxed up food leaving behind their half full drinks. Best $60 I ever made. That's it for today episode of Reddit Readings. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed. 
terror takes center stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.